This is an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, July 23rd, 2022. This week in security news, on Thursday, Alert USA subscribers were notified of a White House announcement that despite being fully vaccinated and double boosted, which means four shots, Joe Biden had tested positive for COVID-19, was showing mild symptoms, and would continue working in isolation. His diagnosis comes as a more contagious subvariant of the coronavirus drives a new wave of cases in the U.S. Biden, who is the oldest person ever to serve as president of the United States, appeared virtually at a White House meeting of economic advisors on Friday. While seemingly vigorous and engaged, his voice was noticeably deeper, and it was quite apparent that he was ill. One curious aspect about Biden's diagnosis are the medical updates provided by the White House. As has been the practice for many decades, when the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces and President of the United States even goes in for a general wellness checkup, his personal physician is in front of the White House press corps giving updates and answering questions. One would expect even more so if the President is diagnosed with a potentially life-threatening illness. Not in this case. Instead, Biden's health updates are provided in printed form and verbally by the press secretary and Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID-19 response coordinator. This is the same Dr. Jha who, by his own admission in front of Congress just last year, had never treated a single COVID patient. During the Friday press briefing, the press secretary was called out. Here's a clip. And then why are we not hearing from Dr. O'Connor on this? I understand that you've released statements from him, um, but yesterday we had a difficult time uh, comparing the description of the the symptom progression from Dr. O'Connor's letter versus how you all laid it out in the briefing room. And then Dr. Zha, you did some interviews this morning, but your last update from the president was at 10 o'clock the night before. Well, couple of hours ago, right at 11 o'clock, you got a detailed letter uh, from uh, Dr. O'Connor. We've we've given you two uh, detailed letters from Dr. O'Connor, and you've heard directly from from him. Uh, Look, we... Yes, you have. You've heard from the letter that is hearing directly from him. We're not playing telephone here. You're hearing directly uh, from the the physician. Yes, it is. I mean, that is hearing directly uh, from, in his words, in his words, you are hearing directly from uh, Dr. O'Connor as I read out. But I'm answering your colleague's question here, so give me the second to do that. Thank you. Alert USA includes this report in the weekly update because of the national security implications of the current situation. Our adversaries are watching, waiting for particular signs of weakness or distraction. These include Iran, North Korea, China, and Russia. Given Biden's diminished faculties even prior to contracting COVID, it's reasonable to conclude that this is a particularly dangerous time. Caution and vigilance are urged for American citizens, especially if you are outside of the United States. Moving next to Ukraine. On Wednesday of this week, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Army General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, held a press conference at the Pentagon following a virtual meeting of the U.S.-led Ukraine Defense Contract Group, which is comprised of more than 50 nations working to get more military capabilities into the hands of Ukraine forces. Here's a broad campaign update from General Milley. The invasion begins 24 February and and then uh, about mid-April, 16 April in fact, uh, the Russians decide uh, they're going to go ahead and shift their war aims and come out of the Kiev lines of advance and mass their forces uh, down the vicinity of the, the Donbas. So for the last 90 days, the Russians have massed their ground maneuver forces in that region. Uh, and the Ukrainians have fought a very effective, 
mobile defense in depth, an area defense in depth, uh, anchored on various strong points in, in urban and village areas. And they have fought the Russians very effectively. Uh, so for 90 days, the Russian advances have amounted to maybe six to 10 miles, something in that range. It's not very much. Uh, it's very intense, a lot of violence, uh, tens of thousands of artillery rounds uh, every 24 hour period. Uh, lots of casualties on both sides, lots of destruction of, of uh, villages and, and, and so on. Uh, but in terms of actual uh, ground gained, uh, very, very little by the Russians relative to all of Ukraine. Uh, as you know, the Ukrainians conducted a controlled, deliberate, planned withdrawal from Severodonetsk, they conducted a rearward passage of lines and conducted a rear river crossing. Uh, and they set up a new uh, line uh, generally to the uh, west of uh, Severodonetsk, and they are continuing uh, significant um, uh, resistance. In addition to that, in the Russian-occupied areas, you have significant uh, resistance behind Russian lines, so to speak. So the, the Russians are challenged not only to their front with the Ukrainian conventional forces, but they're also challenged in their rear areas. Their rear areas are not secure for sure, and the Ukrainians have a very effective uh, resistance network set up. So the bottom line is uh, the cost is very high, the gains are very low. Uh, there is a grinding war of attrition that is occurring in the in the Luhansk Donbas region, Luhansk Donetsk, the two oblasts of, uh, of Donbas. And to answer your question about is the Donbas lost? No, it's not lost yet. Uh, the Ukrainians are making the Russians pay for every inch of territory that they gain, uh, and and advances are measured in literally hundreds of meters on a on a some days you might get a kilometer or two out of the Russians, but not much more than that. So high cost, battle of attrition, grinding. Uh, not lost yet uh, in, uh, in, in the uh, Donbass, and the Ukrainians intend to uh, continue the fight. In public health news, on Thursday of this week, Alert USA subscribers were notified of an announcement by New York State Health Authorities of a confirmed case of polio in a resident of Rockland County located just north of New York City. Local health officials said they would begin a drive to increase vaccination against a potentially deadly virus and called on health care providers to look for more infections. They said the victim was experiencing paralysis and that he had not been vaccinated against the virus. Reports indicate the individual is infected with what is known as a type 2 vaccine-derived poliovirus. This is a strain of weakened poliovirus that was initially included in oral polio vaccine. Over time, the strain mutated, allowing it to spread more easily to people who are unvaccinated against polio. It is for this reason that the United States stopped using oral vaccine in 2000. No cases of polio have originated in the United States since 1979, according to the CDC. Health officials in New York have said the lone case originated outside of the country. Listeners are reminded that polio is spread via contact with the stool or respiratory secretions of an infected individual, such as from a cough or a sneeze. Also this week, the World Health Organization reconvened the Monkeypox Emergency Committee on Thursday to assess the public health implications of the evolving multi-country outbreak. Global cases have passed 16,000, with reports from 71 member states that span all six World Health Organization-designated world regions. The World Health Organization could declare the situation to be a public health emergency of international concern, which is defined as, quote, an extraordinary event which is determined to constitute a public health risk to other states through the international spread of disease and to potentially require a coordinated international response, unquote. According to the WHO, most reported cases so far have been identified through sexual health or other health services and have involved mainly, but not exclusively, men who have sex with other men. This is unlikely to last long. 
according to Dr. Edward Hook III, Emeritus Professor of Infectious Diseases at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, movement of the disease into heterosexuals is just a matter of time. Next up, in our tropical weather update, as of the time of this report's preparation Friday evening, there is no tropical activity to speak of in the North Atlantic, Caribbean, or the Gulf of Mexico. According to the National Hurricane Center, tropical development is not likely over the next five days. That said, if you live in hurricane-prone areas, don't get comfortable. Tropical activity typically begins to pick up in early August and hits its peak somewhere in mid-September. In travel security news, once again, Alerts USA cautions that the conflict in Eastern Europe has a potential to get much worse and spillover or intentional incursion into neighboring NATO nations is a possibility. With growing tensions in multiple regions around the world, those listeners planning travel abroad really need to slow down and think through the topics of safety and security. At a minimum, Alerts USA strongly recommends checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website as well as that of the CDC for safety, security, and health considerations for your destination as well as for the latest evolving international travel regulations. In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, Alerts USA also recommends taking a few minutes to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and British governments to see the travel guidance that those nations are providing to their citizens, as security analysis and assessments often vary. Links to those foreign government sites can be found in the weekly Threat Journal email newsletter. Alerts USA also recommends U.S. citizens preparing to travel abroad take a few minutes to register your trip with the State Department's Smart Traveler Enrollment Program so you can receive important information directly from the embassy about safety conditions in your destination country both before and while you are there, as well as to help the embassy contact you in an emergency. You can find more on each of the stories in this report in the latest issue of the Threat Journal email newsletter. Take a moment and visit ThreatJournal.com to sign up. The publication is free, and a copy of this week's issue will be immediately sent to you via email. If you would like to receive breaking threat and incident alerts on your mobile device, visit AlertsUSA.com. AlertsUSA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment and will immediately notify service subscribers via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings, and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. This has been an Alert USA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, July 23rd, 2022.